Well, Dr. Ruskin, welcome uh, to another episode of The Sit Rep. And if you can explain for us, when does a veteran need palliative care? Or when is palliative care indicated? How would one know that they're gonna need palliative care? So I think that's a great question. And a lot of people don't know what palliative care is or when it's indicated. And it can be scary when it's brought up. So I think it's nothing to be scared about. Palliative care is really indicated when uh, a veteran is diagnosed with a serious illness, which may be life limiting. Okay. So this can be so many different types of illnesses. But if you meet with your doctor and they tell you that you have a serious illness, whether it be cancer or a heart problem, and they think it's going to limit your lifespan, that would be when palliative care is called in. Okay, so understanding that you know this is for pretty serious illnesses, so how does a veteran decide? Do they have a choice? Can they decide on a more aggressive approach to, to um, taking care of their illness? Or do they get directed to palliative care? How does all that work? So another great question. The good news is a veteran does not have to decide one or the other. Okay. They can do them both at the same time. And our team works with multiple other providers at our institution and even outside our institution. And we can help take care of any physical or emotional distress while our veterans are being treated with aggressive care if that's what they choose. Okay, so they can do one or the other or both concurrently. Exactly. Depending on what they feel is the most comfortable situation for they or their family. Yes, and I think um, palliative care providers in general meet with families and help them make decisions and sometimes help them decide about the risk benefits of pursuing aggressive care. And sometimes we can facilitate discussion and communication among other providers. Okay, so interesting. Um, what then are we talking about as far as medical illnesses? You know, when, when, you know, obviously I think people are gonna say, oh, I have stage four cancer, so now I have some big decisions to make. But I'm sure there's many other conditions that are going to affect veterans and or their families and they need to make decisions. Right, so let's start with cancer in general. And the great news is in 2021, we have so many more treatments for cancer. But still, a lot of times, even with these treatments, our veterans are living longer, but these diseases are still associated with physical and emotional distress. So we definitely can provide a lot of assistance to our uh, cancer patients. The next most common disease is dementia. Okay. Dementia, very common, and a lot of our veterans as they get older are suffering from dementia. And our team is really um, experts in meeting with patients and their family to help navigate a lot of decisions with respect to dementia. Sometimes decisions can come up about how aggressive uh, do our veterans and their family want with respect to treatment resuscitation, feeding tubes, a lot of these things come up and we're really experts in helping patients and families navigate those decisions. Okay, so I mean, you bring up an interesting one. So I, I would assume um, as a layperson, Alzheimer's is in the same venue as dementia. Yeah. Um, so if, you know, if I have a loved one, a veteran who has Alzheimer's and or, or both dementia, 
Um, do I'm assuming if I'm going to be making decisions, I have to have a power of attorney, a medical power of attorney uh, that has shown that the individual is no longer capable of making those decisions. Do you guys help with that? Let's say we just come in and we and we're starting from scratch. We have nothing, but yep. our our veteran is suffering. How how does that all work? So we do the original the uh, initial intake and we make an assessment and we have a social worker on our staff which is available and is expert working with patients with dementia. Okay. So I think we're sort of almost guides. We can guide the patient and their family through advanced care planning in terms of power of attorney, um, in terms of financial issues. And if it's something that's not within our scope, we can make referral to other resources at the VA or outside the VA. Okay. Because the road can be very, very complicated. Absolutely. I mean, all elderly yeah. affairs can be very, very complicated. So I think what's interesting here is what you're talking about is you guys provide a total package and you can really help with advanced care planning, um, you know, making sure that families have all the best information. Can you explain, you know, you, you talked a little bit about the team. Can you explain how all that comes together? And then maybe also then how it can tie in if they decide that they want their veteran to get a more aggressive approach while working with you folks too. How does that all tie together? Yeah, so why don't we talk about um, our team? So initially when we meet a veteran and their family, uh, we do what we call an initial intake, and we get the whole history, physical, psychologic, and then we determine sort of how we can best serve the veteran. And we, sometimes it might be mainly social work, working on advanced care planning. Sometimes it might be me as the med medical provider talking to the oncologist and working in tandem with the oncologist as aggressive care is pursued. Sometimes there may be mental health issues, PTSD, anxiety, depression. In that case, our psychologist may take the lead and work in tandem with the veteran and may liaise with other um, mental health providers. So we have a whole team and, some, and we identify which part of our team is best suited for that veteran. And sometimes it may be two members of our team. And sometimes in complicated cases, we pull in other um, team members from outside our team. The beautiful aspect of working at the VA is we have so many resources and our team is extremely well connected with all our uh, providers at the institution and we can pull in whoever we need. Okay, so you, you talked about the wonderful team here at the VA, but I know the VA is also concentrating on you know providing veterans the ability to go into the community, care in the community. How does the VA's palliative care, does it tie with both so you can use community providers as well as the VA? How does that all tie together? Yes, it ties in together beautifully. So basically, if a veteran wants to do care in the community, um, we can help work with um, the center to help arrange that. And then our team can also work in parallel with the non-VA providers providing care in the community. So we try to make it very seamless. And I think this day and age, we have so many um, methods, phone, video, and we can really work in tandem with the non-VA providers. Okay, um, so treatment begins and a veteran, he or she is in the treatment. Um, 
and then the family decides they want to shift left or right. You know, do they have that ability? You know, how often can they meet with you guys? You know, do they if they feel something doesn't feel quite right? How, you know, how does that continue? You talked a little bit about it, obviously, with modern technology, yeah. the ability to stay connected. Um, but what are how can they affect or continue to steer um, where their veterans going with their care? So that's a great question. Our team is available and we actually pick up the phone when the phone rings. So that's okay. very refreshing. <laughs> so I think when I do an initial meeting with a veteran or a family, we talk together and we decide when's the next appointment. Is it a week? Is it a day? But we're available as often as the veteran needs to meet with us. And goals can be changed at any moment. They can be changed from a Monday to a Tuesday. So we are readily available. Our veterans and families can reach us by phone, secure email, video, and we meet with them as often as they need. So at the beginning, it might be if patients are doing very well, we might meet every three months. And then if things are getting a little difficult, maybe every month, then maybe every week. And sometimes there's patients that call me every day if they need to work out issues. So we are readily available. Our team is here every day. Now, I mean, obviously, you're dealing with situations with types of illnesses that are extremely emotional for not only the veteran, but is also especially the family members. Um, does the VA does the VA help the family members at all? Can they help provide some counseling or guidance? Because, you know, I, I know all of us at some point or another have had to take care of elderly parents or elderly relatives. And, and your mind's going in 15 different directions. It's very, very emotional. What help are the, are the families provided, if any at all? Yes, the families are definitely um, center to our care. And we do have a social worker on staff that provides additional support to any family member. The VA also has other caregiver programs that we can refer to. And our social worker can sometimes also refer to um, non-VA uh, programs, such okay. as the Alzheimer's Association, which can sometimes help additional support. So we are definitely 100% available to any caregivers. Okay, so that that's good to know. That's mm -hmm. good for family members. So, okay, you talked about the team approach. Um, who, I guess, you know, who makes that emotional decision when maybe the aggressive care side maybe isn't working anymore and we're just going to go with palliative? Uh, you know, how, how do you have those difficult conversations? How, how does the team approach that? Um, and, and, you know, when do we decide perhaps that it's maybe in the best interest of the veteran to do one side or the other? So I think there's several stakeholders in that decision. I think there's the patient and the family, and then there's the medical provider, whether that be the cancer doctor or the pulmonary doctor, and then there's um, our team palliative care. And sometimes these decisions can be very difficult. Right. So I think uh, the job of our team is communicate with all the stakeholders, get the information. And then a lot of the times we find the best uh, approach is to have a family meeting with all the stakeholders around the table, either in person or virtual, to discuss the risk benefits of different approaches. And then, Sometimes it would take a sep separate meeting, which is our team and the family and patient, to discuss what they think is most important to them and how they want to proceed. 
So I think it's a multi-step process, and I think it's a very personal decision with patients and families. So I think we never put pressure. I think it's a gradual decision trying to figure out what's most important and how can we get the patient to where they want to be. Okay. Dr. Ruskin, thank you so much for being here today and providing this uh, very valuable information on palliative care for our veterans. Mm -hmm.